just a quick warning that we're going to be talking a lot about death and dying and rebirth and cycles and existential crises and just questioning whether this all has meaning or if it's all a big nothing. So if you're not in the right headspace for that, just maybe skip these next few episodes. Welcome to another episode of A Hopeless Endeavor. We are talking about Make Hay, and I'm Sam. I'm Nikki. Welcome to part three of Make Hay. Mm-hmm. Here we are, baby. The official last Diver Z lyrical episodes, for sure. Um, yeah. I know we'll talk about album art. Yeah. We'll probably do a wrap-up of some yeah. sort, although this this song feels pretty wrap-up-y to me yeah i agree and i think how it goes and because this song is just so so much it's so on par with the rest of the album it has so many of this so many similar themes so many similar references um yeah pretty wrap-up-y in my brain it is pretty wrap-up-y yeah so we'll see how it goes we'll see where we're at and how we're feeling Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue with make hay. I have a quick programming note that I'm nervous to tell all you guys because I feel like I'm just disappointing people and it makes me sad, but, but I like don't want to say it. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. (laughs) I'm unsure. Just that. Okay. Just for this semester, at least. Um, just like to try things out. I think Sam and I are going to move to a once every two Mm. week podcast release schedule and I hope that's not gravely disappointing to anybody it's just that we're both so fucking busy and like like right now I am paying a babysitter to be here with my screaming child so by the way if you hear screaming in the background it's because um my baby does not like being not with me um but yeah like I just I can't afford to spend like 80 dollars every time we need to record and then also just like yeah we just both have so much shit going on right now yeah. Is that right, Sam? Is that yeah. For reference, in- it's 8 a.m. on a Friday. We have slotted yeah. out and we love doing this. We want to make uh, nice episodes for you and not yeah. shitty, rushed, unresearched episodes. So the way yeah. that that's going to work is that we do it every two weeks. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just not going to be very thoughtful content. And yeah. there's enough of that in the world, I think. Exactly. And like we want to do the songs right. This does not indicate that we're any less excited about doing the the podcast and especially the milk eyed mender like we both love that album and are excited to talk about it but it's just going to be a little bit of a slower go through and you know what maybe it'll have the added bonus of then <laughs> giving joanna a little bit more time to release that new music before i like that perspective <laughs> yeah, i like a that a lot break. so yeah we're just gonna try out this new schedule once every two weeks it's how my my partner does his podcast schedule and he has been encouraging me to do that for a long time because he said like just like you said, Sam, it's just more thoughtful content. That way we have more time yeah. to research it and there's just not so much pressure. Yeah. Um, so I will try my best to um, get early episode releases up on Patreon, Patreon so that patrons can um, maybe get an episode every week still. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. We're, we're going to have to sort of play with things. So anyways, that's the end of the boring programming note. I'm so sorry, everybody, if that's disappointing. If it's not, thanks for bearing with us. 
Thanks so much, guys. Um, I have a funny intro note. Um, when I was researching this last night, I was like, just like Googling Joanna Newsom make hay and was looking for interviews about the specific song. And there's not much, right? Because it was a year after the album was released. And I found this note that said, um, so this was like about the release of Make Hay, and it said, Newsom's label Drag City also reveals that another outtake entitled China will be released momentarily and advises fans to start digging now. This was October 23rd, 2016. And I froze and was like, wait, is this a thing that exists? Like how it's impossible. There's no way. Like, how could I never have heard of this? And it's, oh, oh yeah, correction from a Pitchfork article. <laughs> A previous version of this story reported that Bake Hay's YouTube description <laughs> indicated a track called China was slated for release at a later date. That was based off of an incorrect interpretation of the YouTube description. <laughs> so much like we want to keep giving you quality episodes, here's a very clear example of a little, little reporting lapse that made my heart skip a beat. Because I was like, not only is it an extra song, but its name is China? Like, I what? know, man. I remember being stoked because of this fucking Pitchfork article. I was like, oh my God. And actually, no, to be fair to Pitchfork, Drag City is so fucking weird. And like the press releases <laughs> they put out all the time are like baffling at best. And I appreciate their weird weirdness. Like I am here for it. But like it is easy to misinterpret what the fuck they're ever trying to say. So I uh, I also thought there was going to be a track called China released. And like, no, that's just not a thing. I can we make our new tagline <laughs> baffling at best? <laughs> so good. It's, it's very uh, apt, I feel like. Baffling that's at best. So funny. Uh, oh. All right. So, uh, no, this is the only track we're aware of that exists mm -hmm. outside the loop. Yeah. Um, you had some stuff to say from Blessing All the Birds about the beginning or before we started getting back into yes. the lyrics, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we read a little bit from this article. I don't know if it was in part one or part two of Make Hay, but I really agreed with Rachel's opinion here. So I just wanted to share it. So again, this is the article from Blessing All the Birds delving into divers. Um, Make Hay. Is it called Make Hay or the song? What is it called? Or the song outside the loop. Right. Okay. And Rachel writes, uh, referring to Make Hay. Everyone seemed to love it immediately and quickly proclaim it as one of her best. I didn't feel that on first listen. It took me much longer to appreciate the various textures of it and to accept it as part of the album. I don't see it still as part of the album, but as a loose thread at the fraying edge of the tightly constructed and contained diver's loop. It serves as a trailing connection to the death that sat at the heart of East and bridges the time between those albums, and yet doesn't, connecting them through imagery and subject matter. It is the memories of that time and those feelings that, the though felt most intensely years ago, live on. Um, so I love this because I am still very much in kind of like tepid waters with this song. Um, I very much agree with Rachel that it doesn't feel um, part of the album. And I love, love, love how she described it as a loose thread at the fraying edge of the tightly constructed and contained divers loop. Cause it really does feel like that to me. Um, it really does feel like it's hanging around outside of the loop and we can like, you know, thread some connections together, but at least 
for me, it doesn't quite fit. And I understand why it wasn't included. Maybe like Rachel, I will keep listening to it. Um, and I'll fall more in love with it. But I said this to Nikki when we started recording this morning, like I am shocked. I was just like scrolling Reddit at how many people are like, this is my favorite song. I love it so much. Like it's the best one. And I was just, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not there, but that doesn't mean that I won't be. Um, I'm sure you've shared this already, Nikki, but how you, you love make hay. I love make hay. I love make hay. Yeah. It, I love how uncomfortable it makes me feel. I love how dark it is. It just like there's something like about me that I just I'm very drawn to like bleakness. And I like find it especially special with Joanna that like there's often some sort of like I don't want to say like a positive spin because that sounds reductive and not exactly what, what I'm trying to say. But it ends on like this darker note than I'm used to her stuff ending on. And I... I'm so here for that. And I also am obsessed with a bunch of the questions that are being asked throughout the song. Like, what am I for? Um, and it it being so explicitly sort of asked like that and framed around death and this cool imagery of bodies being dragged on, on sideless wagons. It's just cool. Yep. I see all of that. And um, I'm still just a little bit like, yeah, yeah. Mm. I also That's love fair. the connection that Rachel makes to um, East. Um, me too. Yeah, because I think that that's something that's hard to, at least for me, remember. You know, I, I, I've said this before. I'm really good at like focusing on specific words and specific phrases and like trying to gather meaning from those. And it's a lot harder for me to kind of not the those greater ideas together throughout an album but also throughout like her entire discography um so to bring it back to east a little bit is really cool yeah i'm always very (laughs) curious about the order in which she writes songs like Mm -hmm. we don't know a whole lot i feel like i remember from talking about you will not take my heart alive that that was one of the first songs that she had written after east Mm -hmm. uh not positive about that but i think so and so I'm curious to see if Make Hay was around the You Will Not Take My Heart Alive timey, because then it would make sense for it to be bridged, like to sort of serve as a bridge, even if Joanna wasn't intending that between East and Divers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, in the same article, too, Melissa has a really um, like lovely little summary of this song. And we might have read this before, but I'm going to read it again because it's their Rachel and Melissa's writing is just the best of the best. Um, so Melissa writes in the song, the narrator moves from the creation of the universe of humankind and its sin and of the narrator herself, quote, where wind made the dust, sin made the snake and mama made us, quote. And we briefly experience the trajectory of time itself, how the life of the narrator is a blip in a larger sequence. We experience how what we make is dwarfed by more consequential creations. But since we are human, is there anything more important than the creation our own mothers gave us? And I think that 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 kind of magnifying glass perspective is something we've talked about a lot on this album. You know, I think about Seth McConaughey, we're talking about the hand of God. Um, We're talking about the layers of of New York City um, and time that has passed. We're talking about... um, you know, the, uh, the poem with the structures, 
Um, what am I thinking about? Ozymandias? Ozymandias, thank you. Um, and then we're talking a lot about our narrator and our narrator's relationships, right? So I don't know. I just really love that little synopsis by Melissa. Thank you, Rachel and Melissa, for being amazing. Yeah, thank you always to the Blessing All the Birds people. They are our heroes forevermore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that too. I love uh I love like the the contrast or like that that both things are happening at the same time that we have the zoomed out perspective of uh the universe, the creation of the universe, the creation of humankind and then also like the creation of this person made by mama like um and then this person grappling with her own role no matter how small it might be it's just still like there's this thought of like yeah it's all we get though like yep. the only thing available to us is to make this small dent in in the world via our lives and like how are we going to do that yeah and i think those are all fair questions and not something that she necessarily answers in this no. album or on this song because how could you because <laughs> like, how could you that's a good point yeah. <laughs> okay do you have more preliminary notes i don't believe so okay so shall i then read the next verse yeah, let's okay. give it a go. <clears throat> All right. So she sings. And how was I to know, down in our old gold mine, where you were the king of the radio, and I was the keeper of hi-fi, and I was the queen of the rodeo, and everybody'd know, and you were the keeper of the lions, and we were gored and abased and adored and erased all before our time. It was before our time. Oh, boy. Yeah. So this verse I struggle with. I don't know why we're talking about lions or radios <laughs> or gold mines or kings and queens. Why would everybody know? Like, I don't understand most of what's going on here. I love mm-hmm. it. I couldn't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So I also feel that way. Um, the way that I approached this verse was to kind of categorize things a little bit. So I was okay. like, okay, we have a an I and we have a you. And we have some clearly defined roles here, right? So we have um, the you is the king of the radio, the keeper of the lions, and our narrator is the keeper of hi-fi and the queen of the rodeo. Um, what that means, I don't know. Um, they're complementary to each other. How, how do we get from lions to hi-fi? I don't know. I was like, does this have something to do with like performance or entertainment? Because like when I think of lions and when I think of the rodeo, I think of like really expressive, um, like energetic performances um that also have clearly defined roles right like if you're at a rodeo the horse has a job the person has a job all the caretakers have jobs the audience has a job um but also are we speaking more generally about like you know i'm gonna say it again like roles of women um are we talking about like a romantic partner here i'm assuming so because we have a king and a queen not that like royal relationships need to be romantic. I don't know. I was just trying to like just tease things out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do with this verse. To me, it feels like 
it feels like it's almost a coupling. Like it feels like they're almost a good match, but then it's like this misunderstanding between the two of them. Like it, it sounds like they were playing like on the telephone. Someone said like, yeah, like the king of the radio and the queen of the radio. But like mm. someone misheard the other person saying radio when they were actually saying rodeo. So it's like they were almost a perfect match. But then like it turns out that they had dominion over different kingdoms and like mm. they mm-hmm. they don't actually go together. Like it was just like this sort of tragic mishearing of something. So that's one thing that I thought. Another thought that I had, I don't know if it's related or not, like high fidelity, if it was like sort of like a mishearing of something like high fidelity would would work to counteract that, you know, like if something is a high fidelity recording, it's oh, a good quality yeah, yeah, recording. Yeah. yeah. But then I wasn't sure either because like I was thinking of another interpretation of high fidelity because like, yes, I think there is a performance aspect here, um, like in a similar way that she 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 talked about Lola Montez uh, and like compared her performance life to her own. Like she might be referring to the fact that performance is a big part of her life and perhaps the the narrator's partner's life as well. Mm -hmm. But then I was also thinking like high fidelity could mean like she was really loyal to him, like to, to be, uh, what's the word? Fidelity. I don't know, but Uh. like, in Latin, F-I-D-E-L, I think, is just loyal. Um, and Faithful. Yeah, yeah, faithful. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, it could be that she was, like, the keeper of, like, loyalty. Like, she was in it and her partner wasn't. And those are themes that we saw on Have One On Me. So, I don't know. I don't know. I love that. I didn't get there at all. Um, then it's interesting if our wording is the keeper of faithfulness right like that feels like something that isn't shared to me right like if we're saying keeper like this is something that's important to me but not necessarily something that was shared right um yeah exactly that like she was the one who like tended to the faithfulness and that makes it sound like he wasn't mm -hmm. especially if we're comparing that with the keeper of the lions right and that seems like a much more risky endeavor right and the king of the radio then it makes me feel like is he are they i don't know down in our old gold mine. i also don't know what the gold mines referencing other than like gold mines i was like is it nevada city where yeah. she grew up is it like the gold tunnel um, I don't know either about that. One thing I did note was that like in divers, we don't really have a mine as a way of exploring mm-hmm. the downward movement. I know. Yeah. So that's like the only thing that I was like, hey, there we go. There's one thing that I can <laughs> try we to do have it in new songs. Yes, we yeah. sure do have it in new songs. The air again is all about mine. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting, interesting connection to Mm-hmm. new stuff and just like a really lovely way to bridge this to new music too yeah there's also like i'm pretty sure this is not like 
on purpose from Joanna. It's just like when I was like repeating this phrase in my head, it's just something that came to mind because I was like, our old gold mine, our old gold mine, what could that mean? Mm -hmm. And I realized there's sort of like a chiastic structure within that just little sentence. So like old gold. it's um, so old and gold are like mirrors of each other just because they rhyme. But then also our and mine it's like contrasting mm-hmm. like these two ways of being possessive one is like the team of them being possessive but then you know mine could also mean mm-hmm. the possessive form of of ours um but i don't have anything beyond that to say so i don't know um, i was just looking up lion symbolism just to see like if there's something there and it tra- traditionally symbolizes courage, nobility, royalty, strength, stateliness, and valor. And so there's a royalty connection. But also it carries Judeo-Christian symbolism, um, which I haven't uh, gotten into here. Hmm. And here's just a weird grammatical question. If we say everybodied, is that everybody would? Yes. Yeah. Everybody did know? Yeah. I exactly. had such a... I froze last night. Was it everybody should know? Everybody would know? Everybody could know? English is so weird. English is so weird because like, yeah, why couldn't it be any of those other ones? Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive it's everybody would know. I know. That's what I thought too. But I was like, but but like why? How would a non-native English speaker ever figure that out? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's everybody strange. know. Um. So yeah, why would everybody know and what would they, <laughs> what would they know? What would they know? Because he's the king of the radio and like these are like very public performing roles. Like is he is he sending out this information to everyone? And because she's like the queen of the rodeo, that's like a very public facing role. Are they the king and queen? Like is it that they're in the public eye all of the time? Yeah, I don't know. So, like, the thing that everybody would know was that she is the queen of the rodeo? I don't know. Because we start with, I don't understand this verse. And how was I to know mm-hmm. down in our gold mine where you were the king? Like, is it is it all of this? Yeah, How right. was it I to be. know? Or yeah. is it that we were gored and abased and adored and erased? Right. Well, it's interesting to, yeah, so this verse seems to be kind of obsessed with knowledge because it's capped, capped by how is I to knows. It starts with how is yeah. I to know and then it ends with how, so how is I to know, um, which like makes it seem like everything that comes in between these two how is I to knows is like a justification of like why she doesn't know, but I don't know how that works. So do you know what I mean? Like she's like, so how is I to know? And then she says a bunch of stuff. And then at the end of that verse, she's like, so how is I to know? It's like she's like justified the fact that she didn't know something. I mean, I just kind of played that off as like, okay, well, how does anyone know anything? And I I think just in terms of like, um, both like, how was I to know this would end? But how was I to know that any of this could have been created? Right. Like, what's, what's the justification for any of this? There is none. That's just life. Right. And she, she repeats that. Um, that phrase like a thousand times in this song like Mm -hmm. which makes me think that as with Joanna sort of sort of standard that that how is I to know means a whole bunch of different things in a whole bunch of different contexts throughout the song but as you said like these big questions how is I to know any of it that it would end what creation is what my role is 
uh, yeah. that love is a symptom of time. Yeah. And if we think of those circles and cycles, right? Like if we are getting dying, getting bored and dying, getting bored over and over again, how are you to know what each iteration of that looks like? Right. Um, and maybe that's a little nod to this too, right? Maybe in one lifetime, you were the king of the radio and I was the queen of the rodeo. And then in another one, I was the keeper of the hi-fi and you were the keeper of the lions. Like mm. maybe like we talked about this in um, Waltz where there's these different timelines, but the relationship exists across so many of them. Maybe it's yeah. a nod to that. Yeah. Big shrug. Yeah. I don't know. It it does like the vibe that I get from it is very much like, like she's sort of begging to not be blamed for something. I know you can hear my baby. It's so sad. But yeah, that she, um, she's like trying to like, let herself off the hook whether it's just to herself or to the person she's talking to like how is that to know is something that you'd say when you're like in trouble for something right you're like how is that to know yeah right and so yeah there's like something I feel like that she either feels guilty about or that she like feels has gone too fast or something and she's just she's trying to justify something maybe yeah but then justify what Well, like, given that her friend just died, it seems like, Mm -hmm. uh, in the previous verse, like, maybe, maybe it's something like, how is I to know that, like, I should have been more attentive of the fact that, like, we're all just these dying vessels, these decaying vessels that are, like, very rapidly coming to an end. Uh, or, or like I don't yeah. I don't know that's too specific I feel like I think I I like what you had said before this general like big questiony sort of amorphous slash like ever changing sort of interpretation of that question. I don't know I like that your idea too though because if we're thinking like how was I to know life was so short how was I to know um, people would die that quick it does kind of make sense with how busy this verse is right like we're so busy thinking of our roles as the king of the radio as the keeper of hi-fi as the queen of the rodeo and maybe we're not stopping to think of you know those more important things before before it's too late. Like, cause they're so busy with like all this shit that's happening. There's a gold mine, there's lions, there's radios and rodeos. And- yeah. All those outward facing roles. Right. And yeah. thinking about other people, everybody know. Yeah. Like, like it, that the most important thing is that people know our success, that they know we're the queen and the king, that they know that we're, we're out doing the things. I right. don't know. And like that they were so preoccupied with like living that life and like assuming those roles. And also there's like a certain, obviously a certain nobility that comes with being the king and the queen. And so it might be a nod to like, we thought that was the most important thing, right? Like it seems pretty important uh, of roles as king and queen, but it turns out Mm -hmm. like maybe not, which I guess would be in line too with the theme of like, what did I make? Because she's like coming to realize that like, being king and queen yeah. doesn't actually matter like yeah or something like that I don't know which is such a hard question because like I think that's something that is really natural to wonder right like to look at your life and think okay like what have I actually done what have I actually done that has you know added positive things to the world yeah exactly or like meaning in any way yeah 
Um, we've totally ignored so far the and we were gored and abased and adored and, er- and erased all before our time. Question mark. It was before our time. There's lots of question marks in this song. Yeah, I think makes it hard and frustrating be- for me because I just want her to tell me. <laughs> I kind of love it because this song is it's kind of just honest. a giant question mark. Yeah. Like this, the vibe of this song is like, I don't know, like I'm making the question mark motion with my hand. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with this whole life thing. Like, what yeah. are we doing here? And like that, mm-hmm. I love your point that it's filled with question marks because it's so true. And that is so emblematic of it being this song that's just like, what are we doing? What am I supposed to, what is, what am I here for? It's so yeah. questioning the purpose of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, go ahead. I was just going to open up the Michael Hicks article here because he goes into great detail with Gord mm-hmm. and Gore. Um, so this is from Bored and Amazed Reflections on Making and Mystery in Joanna Newsom's May K. So again, if you haven't read them, Michael Hicks has a three part series on May K. And he goes into a level of detail that is just absolutely out of this world. So highly suggest you peek at those articles. Both or um, all three of those are linked in the show notes as well as the blessing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for doing that, Nikki. Mm. Um, they're also they uh, maybe blessing of the birds isn't, but at least um because we did the recent collab with Michael Hicks, um his articles on Medium are linked in our link tree on oh, Instagram cool. too. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. Oh, golly. (laughs) Um, So Michael Hicks says, what about the word? Again, this is part two. Yeah. Um, What about that word gourd? We often hear of blood and gore. And this is where my brain went first. um, Because we're talking about a rodeo. We're talking about lions. So I was like, okay, someone's getting hurt here. I don't know. Um, He writes, we often hear of blood and gore, and indeed the word means to be covered in blood. There are more meanings, however. So this is what I love about Michael Hicks is I googled like definition of gore and found like to pierce or wound or gruesomeness depicted in vivid detail, which is like a beautiful definition, gruesomeness depicted in vivid detail. Love that. But then I kind of stopped my Googling and was like, okay, cool. But Michael Hicks does not. (laughs) He continues. A gore can refer to a whirlpool spinning the speaker around. A gore can be any number of triangular shapes, making up dresses, hot air balloons, umbrellas, sails, or parachutes, though I'm not sure where that leaves us. Or you may hear of goring from from farmers, and then there's a um, a gore furrow, so it kind of looks like um, a dip in the middle of the field. And he continues, gore furrows are a technique in plowing, plowing, P-L-O-U-G-H, I-N-G as the British would spell it, happens after the harvest to maintain the soil's nutrients, turn the earth and prepare it for planting after the winter, a natural part of the cycle where the dying plant remains, uh, dying plant remains begin to decompose and eventually nourish the next year's crop. So lots of meanings for gore. So we have blood, uh, we have like being hurt, we have a, a spinning whirlpool, we have these triangular shapes that build up to make greater things. And then we have these gore furrows um, as part of farming that continue like the natural cycle of life, all of which I think we could tie in beautifully to any of the divers themes. Um, but w- w- all of that to say what it means in this verse, I don't really know. <laughs> 
I'm not sure either, but I love the Michael Hicks point that it could be like a nod to the agricultural themes on this album mm-hmm. to what you said, yeah. Sam, like the cycles of birth and redeath and how our bodies are just animals that like replenish the soil to to make it possible for these cycles to continue. Love, 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 love. Um, it also makes me think of like, okay, this is like sort of dependent on our interpretation or one interpretation that we we're talking about of the stuff that came before it. So just take it with a grain of salt as always. But like if she's talking about her friend's death and sort of being taken aback by it or like just sort of surprised by it in a way, how was I to know? Um, we were gored. It makes me think of like, you know how you can say like I was gutted to find this information. Like like they were stabbed in the heart. Um, yes. Yeah. And gutted is a good word too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like, like a beast is to be brought down right is that the definition you have for it yeah uh i had it as like let me see here to lower in rank office prestige or esteem um to lower physically so to me that was like a fall a fall yes. from grace yes 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 yeah like especially from their roles as kings and queens like that's yeah that's yeah. that's what i was thinking um and that it was like shocking and gruesome and awful Um, and I don't know if that's like a physical or like you're talking about with the death of her friend, maybe just like in a more, more emotional loss, emotional Um, abasing. There's also, so Michael Hicks writes, um, about the word abased. So in the Eden myth, typically, um, we get the story of the fall. And so we see a reminder of that event in the song and we were gored and abased. The word abased means to be brought down, whether in humiliation and shame, like the story of Adam and Eve, or physically brought down, like Icarus after his transgression of getting too close to the heat. And so, I mean, first, falling uh, is uh, uh, obviously a huge theme on the album. Uh, I love the idea of, like, humanity's fall as playing in, like, fall from from the garden, as playing into these uh, zoomed-out themes that we were talking about before on this song uh, of, uh, like you know, talking about the the creation of the universe and God and like these giant themes. And so we were gored and abased could not only refer to the two of them, but also just like people, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. humanity uh, has fallen. Um, And then genius had something that I didn't actually hate. Uh, So somebody on genius says that this verse here might be intended as a microcosm so both maybe both a macrocosm i'm inserting this both a macrocosm and a microcosm of what occurs when someone dies and so this person writes um to be gored is the fatal act so you you die by being gored to be abased is to be brought down so you've died uh, adored uh, at the funeral and then erased uh, with a burial and I kind of like that given I do like that. Yeah. Uh, given the themes on here and then that just happens over and over again, you know. And then how do we connect all before our time? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Not to like erase all of that beautiful work you just did cuz I love that. <laughs> That's a great question though. I this is Oh, okay, wait, hold on. Okay. Is it is it that um Oh, I lost it. <laughs> I was so excited. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. It's not just before our time, but 
all before our time. So like it makes it feel like everything she's just mentioned, all that shit happened before our time. So what is our time? Well, that's the question. (laughs) I am so curious about this. And I had, I think I remember mentioning last time we recorded that like, there's this subtle, I don't have, I don't know what to make of it, but there's this subtle theme, it seems to me in this song of time, the, the impression and like probably the false impression that a lot of us have that like time belongs to us in a certain way that like our time on earth is not just like, the time that we happen to to exist as little blips in this like long um maybe cyclical whatever like larger scheme of things uh outlook of time but rather that it's like ours like it's it's a more possessive and i think less realistic outlook on like what our relationship is with time and it it seems to me to smack of this like desire to like control it and to um I don't know just like it doesn't feel as graceful as an acceptance of like what time means for humans it feels very sort of before our narrator's revelation that everything is cyclical we're all just like a part of this larger scheme um yeah so I don't know I'm very curious obviously our time can mean like like that's a, an expression people use, but I'm not exactly even sure what that means. Like our time means like what, when you're young before our time. Yeah. I don't know. I think the control, you said control and that really hit it for me that like, okay, this is, this is like what I've defined as my time like I'm okay dying when I'm 80, you know, like by then I'll have lived a good life. That's my time. That's the time that I project or that I project we will live until, right? That's the goal that you live a long life. You pass away painlessly in your sleep. Um, and that, that, that's your time. You've defined that like, okay, I'll do, I'll do what I can to exist within that period of time and to, say that it's before our time, I think is just kind of like, well, you don't have any control over any of that. And you can't yeah. define the shape of, of time. And there's no control. And there's just like this assumption, this sort of like arrogant assumption that like we get until we're 80. Yeah. And like everything before that is like before our time, we were too young to die. Yeah. And but yes, I love that there's this, this interpretation of before our time as being our time is like our time to die but I feel like it's also used in this like other way so it's like if I were to tell my dad like I don't know check out this like podcast or like whatever on your iPhone whatever number we're at in terms of iPhones like he'd be like I don't know all that stuff is like after my time right and so like my time can refer to something like I don't even know what like your time to be young your time to be is this your time to accept new ideas and like yes. learn new things? Yes, because yes. if we're using the example of your dad, then like, well, you could learn. I do that with my parents. Like you could learn how to do this thing. Yeah, 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 um, exactly. Yeah. Or is it like your time of having an open mind? Um, being open-minded and learning new things go hand in hand, right? Yeah, totally. There's this weird cultural impression, I think, that like, that like, you know, now it's Gen Z's time 
uh, that like if you're old, you're just like irrelevant, not even old. If you're like, you know, in your 30s, like we are, you're just like irrelevant <laughs> now. Right. Like it's like the culture is centered around the interests of 20 year olds and younger. And I think that that maybe is like slowly changing or something. But there's some sort of weird cultural assumption. I mean, it's a glorifying of youth in this way that I think is toxic but also it could be relevant to this song I don't know depending on your interpretation this like wanting to be young forever and not accepting that I don't know so then is it referencing youth maybe that like we were gored and abased and gored and erased all before that like height of youth right, all right, before right. that like optimal period of time where society was looking at us or we were the priority or or like our opportunity was ripe I don't right. know right no like I love I love all those ideas and as you were speaking another theory based on what you said before came into my mind where if we're talking about like you know like the various timelines that you had mentioned like what if we have like a waltz situation going on where like they were kings and queens and keepers and like those all refer to different timelines mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that like you might say of yourself then that you were <clears throat> like killed and brought down and fucking had a funeral and were buried like all that happened before our time now as like the incarnated beings that we currently find ourselves in like the our the current iterations of the humans that we are we've already mm -hmm. lived through all these other experiences but like our our time is now, even though there's a way you can talk about our time or like about having experiences in the past, if it was a cyclical reincarnation sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Very waltzy too. Is it like, okay, we have to do all of these things. <clears throat> we have all of these roles. We have the king, the lions, the hi-fi, the rodeo. And like in the future, that will be our time. First, right. we need to do A, B, C, D. Right. And then once we get to our time, that's the time that we have together. That's our time. Right. Um, but the goring and abasing and adoring and erasing happened before that because right. maybe it took so long to do all of the other things and you got distracted and you never yeah. actually got to our time. Right. Yeah, maybe it is a reference to the illusion that you're going to get that like all this will get you this like, you know, uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be. This is much too literal. I know. But just like where my brain goes, it's like if it's supposed to be in retirement that you get like time off or like, you know, just something that you're working towards. that's sort of like a promised solace and then just like never comes to fruition. feels very yeah. disappointing and sort of in keeping with a very the bleak outlook of the song. Yeah, that, I know we said you said this in the beginning, too. It is just kind of a very uh, straightforward downer of a song. And I don't <laughs> think there's anything wrong with that. That is also yep. my favorite kind of song. But... Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the question mark is doing, though. I don't understand even this. Uh, the, the, the sentence structure, like the question mark might be just still sort of hanging there from the how is I to know at the very beginning of this verse mm -hmm. but a lot came after that but maybe I don't know yeah all before our time question yeah. mark does that mean that we don't even know what our time is here's here's what here's what I see the sentence structure looking like how is I to know all this shit 
mm-hmm. all before our time. So like, how was I to know it if all that stuff happened before our time? I'm not sure. I don't know what to make of it, but it was before our time. <laughs> yeah. Statement. Yeah. All right. So I think that's all I have to say for this first. Do you have other thoughts? I don't think so. Thank you so much for listening to part three of Make Hay. We will be back next week with the final part, part four. And we hope you guys will join us then. We have an email that you should send us a whole bunch of shit to uh, a hopeless endeavor mm-hmm. at gmail.com. So send us your thoughts, your theories, your like any like milk eyed mender impressions, any overall divers impressions, any make hay impressions, any impressions, theories, intuitions, beliefs, inklings about anything. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyways, that's our email. Um, we have a Facebook you can check out. We have a Patreon linked in the show notes. There you can find early episode releases and bonus content. Sam and I recently played Jeopardy, so that's up there for 45 minutes or so. Um, <laughs> and Joanna knew some Jeopardy, of course. Um, and then Sam does such a good job running the Instagram, so I'll let her tell you about that. It is a Hopeless Endeavor podcast. There's a link tree in there. You can find links to everything, including a link to leave us a voice memo, um, to the Michael Hicks articles that we reference, um, to the beats that David so lovingly crafts Mm -hmm. for the beginning and ends of our episodes. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with part one. Bye.